Ready whenever you are. All right then. So this is Guido. I'm here with Mr. Satyati. This is the True Potential Show. And Satyati, you're the founder of uh, one of the founders of Rebalancing. You started myofascial energetic release. Uh, you have been doing body work almost for uh, half a century. We just spoke about that. So uh, always a big anniversary. And I just want to thank you for making this time, for being here with me and uh, in this digital way. And yeah, thank you for, for, for being here. No, thank you for inviting me, uh, Guido. It's a pleasure. So, um, yeah, we just spoke about it a bit, but I just want to ask you like, okay, so you started with body work um, almost half a century ago. And currently, um, yeah, what, what do you still love so much about it? You know, I'm very kinesthetic. I'm very feeling like from the, from I'm a feeling person emotionally, but also a touch person. I've always been somebody who loves touch and, you know, and uh, I love people. I have a passion for people, man. So um, I love I love unwinding and releasing people's defense patterns through their through the body and through deep touch and soft touch and movement and breath. And uh, I love the, the, the space that happens for people, but also for me, because helping people really helps me. Um, and I love the creativity. I find it a very creative art and science body work or myofascial energetic release. And I love that. I love being creative in that way. It's like being an artist on the body, with the body, and releasing and re, re uh, like a shapeshifter, sh changing shapes of the body. Because working on fascia, fascia is the main tissue of shapeshifting. It, it will adapt and readapt, and it'll contract and hold a contraction when somebody's in a defense or when somebody is stuck in some traumatic holding pattern and when you go in and start to release when i go in and start to release it and work with it through touch through breath through movement and also verbally supporting them verbally uh that traumatic event that's stuck in their soft tissue and stuck in their nervous system starts to unwind and starts to release and uh it's then for me very interesting to follow it and to follow the release that's happening and to support people to come out of those deep holding patterns, those defense patterns, which imprison them mm -hmm. you know, and bring only pain and suffering and actually bring the pain of separation that people live in. You know, it's that prison of armor that people live in. I love releasing that and supporting people to come out of that mm -hmm. uh, and with my touch and with the whole integrative style of work that I do, you know, breath, touch, unwinding movement, spinal waves. Uh, and as that happens, then people start to expand in many different ways. Their body expands three-dimensionally, you know, through the through their length, through their width, through the depth, front to back. 
and mm. they'll start to find more and more expansional balance. Yeah, and they'll come back from the surface where people live, you know, they live in the surface. That's the conditioning that we have, all of us, humanity lives under. This place where people are forced almost through their conditioning to live on the surface of life. They yeah. don't live in their essential qualities. So yeah. that people come through that and come back to the more essential qualities of trust, of confidence, of self-worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just a quick question, like an example of living on the surface. Could you give an example of that? Well, yeah, for sure. You know, people live in their personalities or their mask. Yeah. 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 And that reflects in the way that they relate. They, they don't share what's really going on. People, we all learn not to talk about our feelings, not to share our feelings. Yeah, and not to come from a place of real self-trust and self-love and self-acceptance. Mm. So we live in a lot of denial. We live in, in, in blame and projection and self-judgment. So that's on a psychic level, on a mental level. Yeah, on an emotional level, people are fairly cut off. Yeah, because there's such a, uh, it's such a forbidden area in terms of our culture to open up to feelings and to be honest and emotionally authentic. Mm. And so all of, you know, living in those kind of psychic defenses and in so much emotional disassociation or denial, the body then has a very strong holding pattern. Yeah, because the body reflects the emotional holding pattern and the psychic defense completely. That's one organic unity. Mm -hmm. so the body then, so I start with the body and I start to release that holding pattern in the body. But as I'm doing that, I'm charging them up with breath, charging meaning having them breathe deeply. And as they're breathing, they're starting to connect to that life energy to, to bring more energy in the body and as they're bringing more energy it pushes up against that armoring in the body it pushes up against those psychic defenses because in our defense pattern our energy shrinks to a place where we have a certain comfort zone and a certain level of energy as wow. Body releases as the emotions start to come more open and as energy starts to flow, then people become more contactful. They're connected to themselves and they're more connected to life force in general. Okay, wow. Basic wow. trust and self love and self awareness is just much more available to them. Hmm. Thanks, uh, thanks for the in-depth, more in-depth explanation. So um, I understand as well, like uh, this is like not something that you learned over a year or two. So you've been doing this almost for like half a century, as I said in the beginning. Um, and what I heard actually, it's, it's funny, my first myofascial training myself, I did it one and a half years ago. But what I heard like quite recently is that you, um, yeah, did also sessions with Osho to Osho. Uh, Osho. Yeah. So yeah. Can you can you elaborate a bit about that because that's quite like a big name in in the in the world and and. 
Yeah. You knew him personally, right? I live with Osho in his community. I mean, I went in 1976 to live with Osho. And, you lived with Osho. Yeah, and I lived in his commune in India. Mm. And uh, it was an amazing commune. And one of the things that was really amazing about it also was that it had a great therapy and body work and healing uh, institute. Yeah. One of, at that time, one of the best in the world, I think. Okay, okay. What kind of body work? If you, uh, there was Rolfing, there was postural integration, there was Alexander technique, there was Feldenkrist, there was massage, yeah, and there was everything. It was all kinds of dance training, yeah. and uh, there was acupuncture, you know, there was a shiatsu. There was all kinds of different body work offered wow. in individual sessions. And that's where we developed rebalancing with the help of Osho, actually. With the help of Osho, you developed rebalancing. Yeah, he supported us in it and gave us guidance throughout it, how to create it. And we created it, but he was guiding us also how to create it. Oh, wow. Wow. And, and if you I did sessions on him because he had a bad back at first, that was in 79, I think. <laughs> Osho had a bad back. You don't back. see that in the books. Yeah, he had a low back pain. And then I so I was called into sessions on him. And uh, I did at that time, I did like 10, 10 12 sessions on him. And, uh, and that was an amazing experience. And then when later on, in Pune too, they called it, when he came back from America and landed in India again, started the commune. Then he called me back because he had a bad shoulder. And, uh, and I think I did then about 90 sessions on him. Nine zero. Yeah. And I did them every day. So, and it was an amazing experience to work on an awakened master like Osho. Um, he was he was just very innocent you know very it was in a way in one way very different than what you see when you hear him lecture mm. and watch him lecture and he's just so brilliant and strong and and you know and when you i did sessions on him he was like a child almost he was very innocent and open and soft and 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 spacious uh, and very accurate. He would constantly tell me, "This is a pain point. Does everybody have a pain point here?" And I would say, "No." But he said, the, "Is I have a pain point in the right side of my uh, chest because the left side of my brain and is has something." And I said, <laughs> "I would have to think about that." I said, "Yeah." But he said, and then he started telling me things like with pain points, always work longer in pain points. Teach your people to always work longer in pain points. And he was teaching me and, and, and he was asking so many questions as I was working. And it was and I'd go home and study, 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 because I knew I was coming back tomorrow and I wanted to have more answers and more information. Yeah. And, uh, so I think he was doing that on purpose, just to get me to like, get, you know. And then the actual experience energetically or emotionally was that I would do the session and during the session, it would, it was nothing normal about it. It was extraordinary. But during the session, 
I would do the work and it was very interesting how he would respond and everything. And then when I'd walk out of the session and, and move into the community, uh, I would be like, I, I would be so high. Mm. I didn't notice it during the session because I was just in the work. But when I come out of the session, I was on a, in a different uh, plane of consciousness. I got an incredibly big contact high from him and yeah, yeah I can I, can I, imagine a bit of it and hours that and it was a very deep silent space that I would feel and uh, it was beautiful um, and that was a transmission directly from him to me mm. um, you know and he was he was just so so elegant and graceful as I was working on him, you know, in the way that he spoke. He, I would work very deep into painful areas on him, and he would never change his breathing. Like everybody changes their breathing when you go deep into a pain area, mm -hmm. and you start to breathe, you know, just to, to deal with it. But his mm -hmm was so shallow you couldn't even see it it was such a meditative breath it was such a parasympathetic relaxed deeply relaxed state of breath but you say deeply relaxed but it was so shallow shallow in the sense that you know when you're so relaxed that you don't need much breath oh wow slows down slows so down. but his breathing was also very long and I, I would hardly notice his breathing. It was so, he was never, what I was trying to say is he was never reactive, mm. never reacted to any pain or anything. And you could see that what he shared about in awakening was that, you know, you're not the body, you're not the mind, you're, you're, you in your essence are being. You know, you are just being that connects everything together. And once you live that, you could see it in the session that he wasn't reacting to his body pain. There was no sense of reaction. He was able to just be in his being, you know. And, at the, and that was an amazing thing to witness wow. and be present to, you know. And he played tricks on me also. He would do things like, and somehow... It was like he would play little tricks on me, you know, and because he was Osho and I was working on him, it was very clear, even though I did all this work on him, that I was getting a lot more out of the sessions than he was, you know. That was, that was without saying, that, got, that went without saying, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, uh, and he was very uh, loving, extremely loving to me. Like, like kind of love that you don't ever experience during these sessions. It, it was so soft and so present, you know, it just had so much presence and so much love. And I could feel that love and it would relax me and mm. penetrate me. So my, it, it just, at that time of my life, and that three months at that stage, the first time I did it for 10 days, years before, but that time of my life, three months, I was opened up to something that I had never experienced in my life before on a level. So it transformed you in, in so many ways. And it transformed my work also. Mm. My work changed from that. 
you know it became softer it became deep but softer it became they had more i had more presence in my touch um my work became more meditative you know i was i was more in a state of uh, present awareness when i was touching more receptive and i had the ability to transmit more divine energy more of my spirit and heart through my hands than i did before i did all those sessions on osho it, it was very transformational for me and also mm -hmm. obviously then for my work you know? yeah 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 amazing amazing story so yeah i think there's already so giving so much questions i mean at me i will i will like watch this back and check like okay do i have other questions about it but one thing that that stood out as well for me was like so there was a massage but it was you called it really separate because i never feel like i should call myself like a masseur or massage therapist alone because that was like creates a sort of too much boxed in feeling and you really said it just like a couple minutes ago as like something on itself right you said like shiatsu you have uh different versions of body work so how would you describe like the difference between um myofascial energetic release and uh yeah a normal massage well a normal massage which you know can be incredibly therapeutic also for people you know because touch in itself is very therapeutic mm. but the most like normal massage where you use oil and you do you know long strokes like Swedish and California massage you do long strokes uh, is to relax people and to give them a sensual experience of touch and in itself that's very healing that deep relaxation somebody has great hands and you're receptive that's a very healing thing but myofascial energetic release or body work uh, is very different because it's not about relaxing people. It's about opening people, you know, bringing them out of their defense, bringing them out of their holding patterns. Everybody's stuck in a holding pattern. And, you know, this is deep body work is about bringing people out of those holding patterns, releasing that armor that releasing we, the armor eh? they start uh -huh. to connect back into places that are very therapeutic you know and it's emotional it can be emotional you can open people up emotionally through it you also with myofa and and work with those emotions you learn to somehow work with those emotions as people are starting to open it up it's trauma informed you know, because these days trauma is, is a catchword and everybody hears about that word and starts to understand it a little more. And so the myofascial energetic release is trauma informed to understand the basics of how to work with people when they start to open to trauma. Because deep touch, when you release that, that armor in people, what's underneath that armor is their trauma, is their... Mm -hmm holding patterns is there sadness is there anger is there fear yeah i mean lately i a lot i've been working with the 27 zones of fear in the body and yeah yeah super interesting people that this is a zone of fear now and this is this fear this is that one this is this one and starting to have them breathe into it and work with it as i touch and move through it and not just release the holding pattern of the body but release 
and melt down that 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 fear pattern that everybody gets frozen by. Yeah, and if I can ask a question about like that specifically, like how did you recognize your own like holding patterns? Was that already in the Osho community or how did I go? Well, you know, I recognized my holding patterns like when I was like 14 or 13. No, I think I was 14 or around 14. And uh, it was 1966 in, uh, in Mill Valley in, in California, in San Francisco, right over the bridge, Golden Gate Bridge. And uh, it was hippie time, you know, and all the spiritual teachers were coming in. And I was just feeling like I was in a trap somewhere. You know, I wasn't living a bad life. I was okay, but I was in a trap and I felt trapped inside myself. I felt there has to be something more than this. I have to come out of this, of the shame, the fear, the uh, insecurity, you know, which I could cover very well with my personality, but I was aware of it. And so I started, you know, journeying into, you know, what was around, which was in those days, there was Indian gurus around and I was learning meditation and, and uh, and start and trying to meet somebody who inspired me, you know. And that way, I was learning massage. That was when I was around 16. I, I, I did my first massage, small weekend massage course, and it was, you know, because the hippie movement, the humanistic psychology movement, was really growing. And this, I was in the kind of center of it, living in San Francisco area. So there was all this available, even dynamic meditation was there which came from Osho and and I I did my first dynamic I think when I was 18 and uh, in somebody's course I did this course and they did a dynamic meditation and that was very interesting that was the first time that I I confronted my emotional body that was the first time Mm. uh, you confronted your emotional body yeah like in the sense that I confronted the that I, I was aware that, wow, I'm holding so much inside and I'm not uh, uh, bringing it out. I'm not, I'm not exposing it. I'm not living in a way that I can be free, you know, yeah. by all this repressed emotion. And, so, and you, you saw that during, uh, during dynamic meditation. meditation. During the second stage with the breathing and the screaming and the jumping. It was, ah, yeah, yeah, so not the ones that, that are a little bit more like melded in with like, but like really with, with a catharsis, catharsis yeah, included. Dynamic meditation is a, is catharsis. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. exactly. Uh, and that was the first time that ever happened. So it, it, to answer your question, I don't want to go too long into the story, but to answer your question, it, that started there where I felt myself trapped in a holding pattern very long ago. And that's what made me a seeker for truth, you know, and on a, on a bodily level, I went to this big growth center. I was, I was a professional dancer when I was young. I was in my tw- early 20s. I got in a company and uh, like when I was 20, actually, I got in a dance company, it was African jazz. And, uh, and then from there, I was disillusioned by it. I, I was, we were traveling some and doing shows and I was learning a lot, but it wasn't helping me grow. It was creative and it was cool in one way, but it wasn't what I was looking for. I thought it was, mm. but it wasn't. So then I went to Esalon and there was dance therapy with Anna Halperin, which was 
one of the pioneers of dance therapy. She probably was the pioneer. And, dance therapy, that sounds already interesting. And I, and I did her, I did a group with her there. And, uh, and there was a, a Rolfer, a structural integrator there. That was in 72 or 73, I can't remember. And, uh, and then he looked at my body. I asked him, hey, do a body reading on me. He was doing body readings on some people. And I said, do one on me, man. And I thought I had a great body because I was dancing. I was very athletic, you know, <laughs> and muscular. And then he just like looked at it and, you know, he took me apart, basically. He said, you know, this is not connected to this. This I was very psychopath or, you know, I was very held up. Yeah character structure you know was like that narcissistic character structure and uh and he just looked at it and he just basically said structurally this is not balanced with this and this is too much up this is too this is too tight here this is this this that my legs were turned out you know and i was like whoa i didn't know any of that man and i thought and then i said i want sessions with you and and uh and I did. I got three sessions with that man, with a rolfer, and I and that changed my life. Just how, for everyone that's listening and for myself, like how do we write that rolfer? R O L F E R. It's yeah. integration came from Ida Rolf, and uh, yeah, yeah, rolfing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like like Rolf, this. Ida Rolf was the the creator of deep body work, basically. She she was the one, and she started in the fifties, and uh, and brought it. Yeah, that's right, raw thing like yeah. that. And uh, yeah, and that just that just was like mind blowing, and it just it didn't just change my body because then I ended up getting ten more sessions, not from him but somebody else because I didn't stay in Esalen. I went back to San Francisco, got ten sessions from Jack Painter. And he worked emotionally too and energetically, and uh, that changed my life. It just it has such a deep impact on me, on the body, but also emotionally. It just so many new spaces came available to me through that work, um, and it just opened me up to something that was very surprising. Mm. You know through deep body work that that something like that could happen, and it did. And so that was it for me. I was hooked. Yeah, and you still are. That's uh, how you sound, right? Yeah, I'm still hooked. And you know, when I receive a session, a good session, I'm like, wow. Can, can you can you like uh, cover like uh, something about that? Like, uh, what, what makes something a good session? Um, I know it's like more about feelings as well, and like connection, like tuning in. But could you say something about it? Well, you just now I taught a training in France, right? And yeah. and actually there was uh, a student of mine who's full time. She does a um, uh, mayor in France and, mm -hmm. and my organizer also does mayor. Uh, she's really good. And uh, they they gave me a forehand session of deep body work and uh, for about an hour and 15 minutes and uh, and I came off that table I mean it the good the, the it was good because both of their touch was really really good and it released a lot of holding in my body and it woke me up 
it woke the body up because you know fascia is the most central system of the whole body it has 250 million sensory nerves way more than any other system in the body so when the fascia releases and when somebody can release it with their deep touch and yeah. it just the body awareness or the felt sense what you feel just grows and grows because it, it takes it out of that space of being kind of anesthetized into a space of sensory awareness so i came off that table and i was much more embodied and it lasted like for days and it was just through that one session through these two students of mine and uh and it was very good work actually and i was like wow you know as a body worker teacher and and giver um one has to receive the work because then you really feel the power of the work exactly yeah, yeah. i i deeply agree it's it's like about and otherwise yeah you become so much cut off like you're just promoting it like yeah it's good but then you don't exactly reap the benefits yourself deeply right yes yeah yeah and and every time i receive a session and you know here i go sometimes i there's a rolfer here who actually did the rebalancing training with me years ago and then he became a rolfer and now he does rolfing full time and uh and i go to him for sessions and uh and he's good he's good man and every time i come off the table i'm like whoa this work is cool and i don't mean rolfing per se yeah it's cool when you're good at it but deep touch deep body work it just it just opens me expands me not just on the body level but on the on a mental level on the emotional level and on the level of spirit it just, yeah, yeah exactly it really feels like a whole experience yeah it's a holistic experience i think you know they say i was just listening to robert schlepp and robert schlepp is one of the foremost uh experts on fascia he does more fascia research than almost anybody on the planet he puts a lot out and he's he's really he's a rolfer he's a feldenkrais guy and he did the rebalancing training with me many years ago but then he became this big figure in the raw in the fascia all around fascia he's world famous and he was saying that that touch is five times more emotionally expressive than sight than vision than what comes through your eyes they always said before that that the eyes express more feeling than anything else but then he through the research he's done and others have done they find out that touch is five times more emotionally expressive yeah and how do we write this uh, man's name robert schlepp life you know i'm gonna have to get back to you on that okay okay so i will put it in the description yeah. video but i just noticed like how many how many interesting layers that opens already again so that's just five times uh, more expressive expressive emotionally expressive so what that says is the space that you're touching from is the most important thing the state of consciousness you're in if you're in a lot of fear if you're in a lot of angst if you're shut down and controlling and and your anger is held back and your, and your sadness is locked up and you're dead if you're in that and you're touching people that's coming through your hands 
Mm -hmm. So you're, and this is what Osho always taught us that it's so important. The basic thing is the state of consciousness that you're touching through. Wow. You're touching from the consciousness of of an open open heart, yeah, connected. Then that's what people are. That's the transmission you're giving people, that people are receiving, is that open-hearted transmission. Of course, technique is incredibly important. But also at one point, because I was doing what they do in Rolfing, this ten-session recipe. I used to teach that for years. You know, there's 10 sessions, the first session, all the way through each session has a part of the body. I was teaching that recipe and, and doing it for years. Then I went to Osho in a darshan. This was in the set, late 70s. And I said, look, I'm bored, man, because I just do. I know the person comes for a third session. I know what I'm going to do. They come for a fifth session. And he said, no, no, don't work like that. And he said, you have to be responsive to people. You have to bring in all kinds of ways to be with people. You know, not just, you don't do anything that's a, a recipe. Oh, and it's too linear as well, right? Yes, exactly, Guido. And he said, then you have to let that recipe go, man, and just start to work with the individual's needs. And you have to learn so many things so that you can be responsive to whatever their needs are. So mm. that's where rebalancing was born, you know. That's that where it was born, because we let go of that recipe and we just started to teach, you know, through, through uh, uh, a more interactive connection with people and a more responsive connection uh, and then Osho said that and then step by step he helped you and a couple others uh, well they found... were yeah you know because the beautiful thing in Pune at that time was that nobody was working for me we were all just doing it to be there and uh, and so nobody was we were just doing our sessions or teaching our trainings and, and everybody then, now, you know, in the world, it's not like this. Outside, that was the commune with Osho. In there, everybody would share with everybody, you know, this is what I do, what do you do? Uh, I would be so interesting. So we shared with all the different types of body workers and, and everything. And everybody was very openly sharing what they're doing. Mm. And, and, and everybody was learning from everybody else. And it, there was no competition in that. There was, there was no, you know, we have to hold to our system. Our system is the best. Nobody had that. It was like, let's learn from each other, man. And, and uh, awesome, man. That sounds, that, sounds, that sounds great. So, and Osho, I mean, I personally have not like been very much stud studying person of books of Osho, but I know a lot of people have. Um, and he has been criticized as well, like every famous person has been criticized also to be just very commercial, right? And be like, uh, I, do you know, I mean, you met him personally, yeah. you knew him personally. It's not so much commercial, but materialistic. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Osho's idea, you know, because Osho came in and to India through India and, and the whole thing of a sannyasin, he called his disciples sannyasins. Traditionally, sannyasins are uh, seekers of truth, you know, and they yeah. wear 
in those days they wear orange clothes and and they, or white clothes and they're just seekers of truth but they give up the pleasures of the body and they just go in because the pleasures of the body they say the traditional people say is is a distraction from truth and you don't want to be distracted osho said that his idea of the new man was zorba the buddha zorba meaning zorba the greek a man of the senses Zorba the Greek was a great book and a movie done on it. But Zorba was a man of the senses. He was a man of sexuality, of love, of dance, of pleasure. And, and he, he made the new man Zorba the Buddha so that you never give up your, your sensual life and you don't give up all of that. And that's this whole idea that the world got that he's a materialistic man. They misunderstood him completely. Mm. Especially the, the new age and the spiritual people, they misunderstood him completely. And then he threw it in America's face because there we were in, in America in this, you know, big community and he got Rolls Royces, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. He got the Rolls Royces and he liked driving a Rolls, in a Rolls Royce. He loved yeah, it. But he, he got more than one, right? Yeah, he got many. And... Uh, and the idea was it was just to throw it in America's face, America being the, the biggest materialistic country in the world. And he was getting news also. In the third year he was in the state of Oregon, he got more news than any other man. Most <laughs> bad news, but he didn't care, it was news. And so he was putting, those, putting it out that he was a man, he wore, he wore amazing diamond watches and, and uh, and he drove in a Rolls Royce and different Rolls Royces, you know, and he would pimp the Rolls Royces. He would paint them like pimp colored, you know, sparkles and, and gold and sparkles. And he would just pimp them out, man. And then he would ride in these and, and, and they think, oh, God, how could a man of a master of truth put, be so materialistic? But yeah. he, he was saying, hey, you should be materialistic. You, you live the life totally. Live the, your life totally. There's nothing wrong with that. No, no, no. He had so many Rolls Royces just, just to get so much publicity and to get America like pissed off because he was a provocateur, man. Yeah, That's exactly, exactly. Like, like that is provoking. that is something that I was actually gonna ask. So, have you have a conversation with him about this? Like, why he was doing this, or like that he? No, no, those those kind of things. As a disciple, you didn't have like normal conversations with Osho, man. You just it wasn't part of the. There was a lot of people there, you know, yeah. this place. And the other thing that was, people didn't have normal conversation. He, he he wasn't. That wasn't what it was about. No. But you know, he talked about it. But he was joking around, I guess. No, he talked about it in lectures, you know. Okay, okay, okay. So, why you uh, doing that? And that was why, man. He was trying to just bring it out so America would just go, what? Everybody noticed him. It was like a huge thing for the news. They beat <laughs> that up, man. And then he got huge publicity through it. And and it was a way of provoking, you know. Yeah, wow idea that that an enlightened master can't be a man of pleasure can't be sexual can't be uh any of the stuff he was in your body totally yeah 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 wow that's yeah but that's such a that's such a message well what you what you what you bring out and and especially like 
if you say it like this, it makes total sense that you've got more and more attention because of those things on the things that he was actually behind. Yeah, that he was bringing out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Amazing. It's <laughs> like such a funny time to to experience. So. Um, you thought about the start of rebalancing and Osho's help in that, but now I I understand that you are not anymore into rebalancing, but more like you evolved myofascial energetic release out of that again. How 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 did that go? Yeah, yeah. I just felt that my work was really changing, and uh, I I had a different focus, you know, and 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 I I went through a whole process of actually giving up body work for seven years and just leading therapy groups and uh, and learning about how to lead therapy groups and leading therapy groups. And I wanted to do that. And I did that straight for seven years and hardly did any body work. I didn't teach any trainings. Uh, and then when I, when I decided, oh, I don't want to continue that. I want to do some therapy groups, which I still do. I want to... Uh, get back into body work, but I realized I didn't want to go back in rebalancing. It was a kind of mold that I didn't want to move into. I wanted to, even though I just said that rebalancing is responsive, but still I, I had to bring something else and I wanted energy to be a real part of it, even though, you know, and I wanted energetic release to be as important as the myofascial release. And, uh, and so then I just was, I just got this new vision of a kind of download that happened to me as I was working that I'll call it myofascial energetic release. And, and, and then it's been evolving from that. And it's, you know, that's the only way to stay, stay current, my man, is, is to keep evolving. Keep evolving. I totally agree. Totally agree. <laughs> now that's, that's amazing. I think like I can, uh, I can with this what we all spoke about. I didn't have an idea like how long it would exactly be, but we can like call it an episode one because there's so many more things to talk about. But I also want to still have it consumable for people that are also doing a lot of other things. So, yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any any last thing that you you can add about like um, maybe your upcoming trainings or where people can like uh, like follow you? We're now like in the beginning of April 2021. And so I mean, they can go on my website, myofasciltrainings.com and myofasciltrainings.com. And it has like, I do trainings in Greece. I do trainings. I do a training in Greece in May. Right. And now. that is level, level three centering. Is it? About yeah. The, yeah. It's the pelvis. Yeah. Yeah. So I do that in May and, uh, and that's in a beautiful place place in a beautiful hall in in Corfu in the island of Corfu in a place called Buddha Hall which is an amazing hall with and that's a beautiful place to do a training and I do training in Poland in Greece and in France Buddha Hall let me just write it down quickly because I think I heard about it before I never been to Greece myself though so Buddha Hall you said right Buddha Hall in in Corfu Buddha Hall. And there we work with releasing the pelvis and all of the holding patterns that are around the pelvis. Yeah, I just I, I just did that level as my uh, seventh level okay. uh, in March. 
Oh, cool. So the the seven level saga has uh, has ended, and my practitionership has started in that way. Oh, cool. And how is your practice going, Guido? Yeah, interesting, man. Interesting for sure. Like, um, uh, to be honest, like it's a really a side thing for me, so I don't have to like do full time sessions. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a trainer and. Uh, I'm helping people like uh, mentally, physically uniting, so yeah. body and mind unite, so to speak. So yeah. this is just like a super, super important step for me that I see way more potential in people by implementing elements of body work as well in their life. So yeah, it's going, it's going fabulous. And sometimes I even even get like people just tag me into some post somewhere. And then, yeah, there are like people already responding like, yeah, I do body work, I do, I do massage, I do this. And then I even find like, yeah, but do I now have to say under this, like between all those other people as well, like, oh, I do this, you know, like I find that sometimes like, I mean, you know, like people come when the time is right on my path and then we'll do a session and then they can feel what I'm about and what, what they're maybe about. Like the, it's all about tuning in to the, to the people. So I never feel like, selling it although that being said i'm now building a website um and the ess essence of it will be golden touch golden touch yeah that will be the name of the of the practice okay yeah cool. and uh yeah but that, that's that's maybe something for next episode because i want to like uh understand also the 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 reasons why you choose for the different levels but that will be something for the next episode. They kind of like finish with a cliffhanger. So I said that in this way, I want to end the recording. Okay, and good. Thank you very much for this uh, for this recording. Yeah, thank you, Guido. And uh, we'll for sure do a next episode because I think it's uh, it's gonna be a great one. I I feel it's gonna be a great one. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, brother.